Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. It's a very interesting feeling. In one way, it's a kind of freeing. You literally have nothing Mm -hmm. tangible or real. Again, it was wonderful. So not just puppets, but but cookies Oh, it's the three Ps. Oh, what are those? (laughs) Puppets, plants, and pastries. I'm Elaine Chow. A puppet by itself is a work of art, designed with great deliberation and crafted with the choicest materials. It can stand on its own as a piece worthy of admiration. Yet what gives any puppet or marionette life is the puppeteer, the human who animates those art objects with their voice, their energy, their imagination, and their heart. On January 20th, the St. Louis Arts Community suffered a profound loss to a fire that overtook Bob Kramer's marionettes in the Central West End. The blaze, whose cause has been deemed unresolved by fire department officials, destroyed the 125-seat theater, workshop, and home of Bob Kramer and Doug Felch. Doug made it out and was treated and released from hospital after suffering from smoke inhalation. Bob did not. And last week, it was confirmed that the fire claimed Bob's life. He was 77. In a moment, we'll hear from Doug about the outpouring of support he's received and will remember Bob. Bob Kramer joined us at St. Louis Public Radio in 2015, and we want to play a few minutes of that interview today. In 2015, we asked Bob about the difference between puppets and marionettes. Well, the general term is puppets, uh, and under that you have Marionettes, the ones with strings, you have hand puppets, which you work with your hands, and then we have rod puppets and then shadow puppets. Uh, But puppets is a general term. Bob Kramer talked about how he got his start in puppeteering. You can go to school and learn all the techniques and all the different things that you need to do to be a puppeteer, but I started when I was three years old and uh, made my first marionette when I was five. It's just something I had to do, and... We have a, a couple of the younger children now that uh, came when they were three, and now they're going to be six, and they're just they're staying with the puppets. And that my parents kept saying, "Well, next year he'll outgrow it, and the next, oh, he'll grow out next year." And it kept going on and on. And so I started doing shows in, in uh, grade school and high school, and I just kept on doing it. And it just things kind of fell into place. It was no master plan to it all. Just everything has happened that way, <laughs> unfortunately. But um, uh, I just uh, made my mistakes, and I've, everybody says, you make beautiful puppets, and I keep saying, well, I made my ugly ones when I was five, so, you know, what a, what a child's going to do when he can you know, make a, a puppet when he was little, but uh, I kept working with the clay. Every summer when I was off from school, I made puppets, and that's all I did. I stayed inside and just kept working with the clay and different things. For decades, Bob Kramer's marionettes operated a 125-seat theater in the Central West End, and yes... Bob was a master puppeteer, but there was so much more to what he did. What we do includes more than just being the puppeteer. You, we have a theater, so you have to worry about make sure the lights are working, the sound is working. 
making sure that all the, the different characters are ready to go on the stage so they're not tangled up. Um, everything's in the right order. All the puppeteers are there. Sometimes they're, they can't make it, so then you have to kind of fill in and you go nuts behind the stage, but the audience doesn't see all that stuff. But um, it's difficult because puppetry takes in all the art forms. Everything you can think of is included in being a puppeteer. You have your drawing and then uh, working with clay sculpturing, and then also sculpturing, uh, working with the wood and, and that sort of thing. And then there's the mold making, which is some people just make molds, but we do all the mold making ourselves. And then there's costuming and then stringing, and, and the controls are another thing because you have to figure out how they're going to walk and how they're going to be balanced, that sort of thing. And um, it's just something you have to learn that by just doing it. One thing I, when I was little, um, I uh, wanted to go to work with Bill Baird. I just saw Bill Baird. He was on. He did the puppets for the Sound of Music. If people don't know Bill Baird, and um, I wanted to uh, work with him. I just I thought I'd never get to New York, and I eventually did. And I wound up working with him for a year. But by the time I was there, I was in my thirties, and so our the way he worked and the way I worked were so similar that. We worked together as opposed to him teaching me. I learned a lot of things, but still we we really just picked up where we each one left off, basically. That's master puppeteer Bob Kramer, who was our guest in 2015. Bob was lost to a fire two weeks ago at Bob Kramer's Marionettes in the Central West End. The building housed a theater, a workshop, and his home. Doug Felch is Bob's longtime partner. He was also our guest during that 2015 interview. Thankfully, he made it out of the fire, and Doug Felch joins us today. Doug, thank you for being here, and so sorry for your loss. Well, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here again. Especially knowing um, you were hospitalized for smoke inhalation. How are you feeling? Uh, <clears throat> how to put this? Uh, the doctors said the recovery was just miraculous mm -hmm. and uh, and I believe it because there was so much support so much love so much thoughtfulness um, the first few days I was when I heard about all the people who came in and were there to take care of me and to wish me well uh, my only regret is I didn't know they were there but I know it now and uh, it was a uh, it was an uplifting experience, to say the least. And back to finishing the thought, the doctor said, too, they've never seen a recovery so quick and so perfect uh, as I did. And I, I give my <clears throat> uh, uh, tip my hat to Barnes Jewish Hospital, the staff there, and this, I have to mention Caleb. <laughs> the nurse who held my hand, he was there, and the first vo voice I heard was his telling me that I was getting better each day, I was strong, I was healthy, and and my joke is, and I believed him, and he was right. It's <laughs> so. clearly lots of life to oh, live. Yes. Uh, now, the, that outpouring that you're talking about, Part of that has to do with how long Bob Kramer's Marionettes has been around. It's one of the longest-running puppet theater uh, puppet companies that is in the United States. And Bob founded the studio in 1963. Doug, how is it that you met him, and where did that happen? Well, that's—I will try to keep it brief. <laughs> I toured for many years with a marionette show called Pinocchio. 
And uh, the first city we played was St. Louis, and we played the American Theater, and it was built as life-size marionettes. We worked uh, on a 30-foot scaffolding, 25 feet in the air. Wow. And uh, do I have to, and I'm my year older than Bob. Mm-hmm. And his, uh, because of puppetry and marionettes, uh, we played St. Louis six times. And Bob came every time. I, not that, sadly, I don't remember him, <laughs> but I remember his darling, sweet, loving father. Elmer was just so special. And Bob was always quiet. Uh, listening to that interview, from I'm like, are you sure that's Bob? <laughs> because he is so quiet. But most puppeteers are. Mm-hmm. But give him a puppet. Sure. And hang on to your shorts mm-hmm. because they go to town. But he's a great observer. And there's too many. I, but, you know, I'll go into a room and start talking to people and Bob will be at the door. At the door Mm, I don't know about these people. <laughs> he was an observer. <laughs> Very much. And you can see it in his work and so on and so forth. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> And there's so many stories about the first time he performed with a, a neighbor boy at school and so many wonderful stories. And the, you could say, I suppose as a business, quote unquote, Kramer Marinette started in 63, but it was well before that mm-hmm. that he was performing. Yes. And, uh, you know, the Kranzbergs have been such wonderful folks, and we actually restored uh, Ken Kranzberg's um, uh, ventriloquist figure, Chauncey. Okay. And that's where we—and the two of those guys bonded like nobody's business because mm-hmm. Bob, Ken, when we were at the—, the uh, Sheldon Gallery. We had an exhibit a few years ago, uh, but only 40 of the puppets were there. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's on video, thank goodness. But uh, uh, someone said, oh, hurry up. Uh, the Kranzbergs are talking to Bob. And I thought, well, that's going to be interesting. And the two of them were just having a great conversation that Bob said, well, I did blue and gold dinners. I did this. And Ken said, I did the same thing with my ventriloquist figure, and the two of them just like bonded like crazy. So there and is something then about marionettes and puppets that really, that brings people together. It's, what's the word? It, it's so special. Bob said it so well, too, uh, about puppetry and being so inclusive of all the arts. I was at a a, a conference or something, and people from opera theater were there, and other people from other organizations. And I said, "Well, puppetry includes all the arts." Mm-hmm. And someone from opera theater said, "Opera includes all the arts." I said, "Do you create your characters?" Oh, enough said. Okay, that ended the <laughs> argument then. <laughs> well, on on that note about the the creations, the the building. Um, which was also your home, caught fire and pretty much has been demolished. Have you been back since then? Uh, Our our neighbors have been so absolutely wonderful. And um, there's been uh, an immediate neighbor to the east, Marsha, said, I've got a watch for you. I've got a, a suitcase. And I'm like, when one realizes you literally have nothing Mm -hmm. tangible or real. It's a very interesting feeling. In one way, it's a kind of freeing because 
his Bob's godmother used to say when she was 90, don't buy me anything for Christmas. She says, I'm trying to get rid of stuff. <laughs> I don't need any more stuff. But we do need some stuff. Yes. So I did go there, and I, you know, squinted over there, but I couldn't I couldn't get close yet. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and it's uh, it's it's a little it's, it's still devastating to think about that. Of but I have to keep going back to the overwhelming love and support and testimonials. I feel like it's just incredibly yes. wonderful. And and I don't know if someone else said this, but when you don't realize the effect you've had on people. I think it's a good thing in a way rather than being so into yourself and, oh, I'm so great and people think this. It's like that's not who we are. And I think this is a quick story. A gal from the Post-Dispatch called and said, I'm going to do an article about things for children and could you do, uh, uh, could we do something? I said, great. And I said, you must come to the theater. She said, oh, I've been there many times with my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, well, the next time you come, introduce yourself. And she said, no. Oh. <laughs> and I said, oh. <laughs> she said, you treat me so beautifully when I come and you don't know who I am. Uh. I wouldn't want that to change. Promptly, Bob made two dozen chocolate chip cookies, and I went down <laughs> to the Post-Dispatch, found her office. And she said, you weren't supposed to come here, and and bonded again. Yeah. It was wonderful. So not just puppets, but, but cookies as oh, well. Oh, it's the three Ps. The, oh, what are those? <laughs> puppets, plants, and pastries. Oh. And I think it was in the uh, uh, one obituary um, we flew out to California for his sister's wedding, mm-hmm. and he made five wedding cakes, each a different flavor and a different color. The, the man, oh, too many stories. Yes, lots the, of them. The director said, um, now, uh, for your ceremony, we'll do this, and we'll have in the garden and then the flowers. And Oh, and who's doing your cake? And she said, my brother. Um your brother. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? <laughs> she said, very sure. When the cakes arrived, the man's assistant flipped out, ran upstairs. The manager comes down, and he said, these are magnificent. And mm-hmm. she said, wait till you taste them. <laughs> well, he was making cakes. He was making pastries. Oh, and, and he was a great hybridizer of African violence. Mm-hmm. He and his mother for years, you know, from a very young age, and it has created, uh, you know, he's named violets and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And I, and I don't think it's too early, but people have talked about memorials and this and that. And uh, the plan at the moment is to have it at the botanical garden. Mm-hmm. And that uh, a friend said, "Well, the last time we saw you perform was at the botanical garden." And I, well, where else would we? What could be more perfect? Uh, well, life to celebrate a life that sounds um, very <coughs> appropriate. Um, one of the things that has happened is that a, a GoFundMe page has raised nearly $70,000 to help you recover. Oh, wow. Um, how will you be using that? At this point, you know, uh, I've had three very stern <laughs> uh, notices from people that you are not retiring. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always said, it's wonderful having children, and we adore children. It just to see their. I always say we have the best seat in the house because we can see these faces, and they're just 
it just brings you right out of yourself. Well, and, uh, and, and then I forgot where I was going on that <laughs> one, but it's okay. Well, we are very happy to hear that you've received this support and look forward to seeing your non-retirement in the future. <laughs> Doug Felch is the longtime partner of and collaborator with the late Bob Kramer, who was lost to a fire two weeks ago. Doug, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Today's episode was produced by Alex Hoyer, with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.